Welcome back to Anime Anime Death Death Spiral, the only anime podcast that is religiously religiously affiliated, affiliated. and you get a prize prize if you guess which one. one. Uh, I'm Nate. As always, I'm here with Remy, and I think that our... We gonna talk about some anime today? Uh, you know, I mean, if you twist my arm, we can talk about some anime. Listen, it would really make me happy if we could talk about some anime because I watched some, uh, I read some. Uh, I feel like I really need to get a, a lot of my opinions off my chest. You here. got some burning anime opinions? Yeah. Since we're here and the mics are rolling, and uh, you know, we got to put out a show anyway. I guess we could. We could talk about some anime if you want. Is that okay? Does that work with you? I don't know what your schedule's like right yeah, now. Yeah, you know, I really want to talk about, like, Pow World. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, no. But uh, <laughs> we could talk about anime. Sure, why not? All right. Lay it on me. You watched some anime? I did watch some anime. And so in in our agreement, uh, I decided to keep on that isekai train that you put me on uh, to see all these new... <laughs> wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Uh, you you are making this choice on your own. This one has nothing to do with me. No, I, I seem to remember you sat me down <laughs> on your knee and you said, Nate, uh, you need to watch as much Isekai as you can this season because it's the only thing that people react See, to. See, this is what I was afraid of is <laughs> you are a suggestible person, Ed. Like, <laughs> hey, no, I'm not. Even if, Yes, you are. Oh, okay. Uh, if I give you even the tiniest taste of Isekai, no matter... Uh, no matter how much you hated it, your resistances would be broken down immediately. And now you are legitimately a non-ironic Isekai fan. This was my worst nightmare, and it's been realized. Hey, uh, I am just the monster you created, okay? <laughs> it's true. I'll have to kill you with my own hands. It's the only way. Do you know how Frankenstein ended? <laughs> Who's Frankenstein? <laughs> Never mind. Uh, I watched... Uh, the premiere and the follow-up episode, because it's all it's at right now, of uh, Isekai Hot Springs Paradise. Yes, great. <laughs> really good choice. Out of the, the wide the wide world of Isekais, I'm glad you chose this one in particular. Well, uh, to be fair, it was the shortest possible option that I could have chose, because I was not expecting, uh, I found this out after pulling up episode one, that... Mm-hmm. Those episodes are only like four minutes long. Yes, yes, I'm seeing that. Um, <laughs> and and hold on, and here's the kicker: okay. is that they have a full 90 second intro animation that takes up. <laughs> really? Yeah, I'm not kidding. Every episode, they have a full intro that takes up one third of the runtime. That's that's dope. That's hustle culture right there, man. Hey, we gotta cut out all the fat from this show. So anything that is not literally in a hot spring or titties, you got to get rid of it. And by the way, there are some titties. Hey, I mean, I know we've said it on the show before, but like no movie should be longer than 90 minutes. Everybody, if you are making TV shows or movies, you got to know how to trim the fat. And it's mostly fat. Let's be real. It's it's mostly fat. And in this case, I think they knew exactly where to trim. I, I got to say. Yeah. Yeah, you got just the important bits. Now, uh, are these just secretly ads for hot springs? You would think that. It would almost make sense if this was some kind of like covert ad for a destination or if they had product yeah. placement or anything. I had assumed this was like a travel can like a travel advertisement campaign 
to get people to go to more outdoor hot springs. No. Like that's what it seems to be tailor built to do. No, no, it's um come to our hot spring that we have big titty elves here. <laughs> it's just about the big titty elves. There there's no ulterior motive. They are absolutely pure in their intentions to just be horn dogs about this premise. So are all the hot springs like mixed mixed gender? Well, we haven't gotten too many yet. We've only seen one so far. They are actually <laughs> leaning way more on the isekai premise than I than I had anticipated. I thought oh, it no. was yeah, I thought it was going to be much more about the hot springs like you were thinking. Um Yeah. But no, it our our basic setup is random dude, I can't even remember his name, just dude. Doesn't need one. <laughs> doesn't need Better one. Better if he doesn't have one, to be honest. Uh he is a hot springs enthusiast. Somehow, we haven't found out how yet, he got reincarnated in a fantasy world. And upon waking up in a hot spring there, he's greeted by a, a cute uh, fox girl who says, like, hey, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, your last life sucked so much that the fox god wanted to uh, give you an awesome new life. And I'm here to be your guide. Right, right. No curveballs so far. And he's like, shut the fuck up and get naked because you're not supposed to wear clothes in a hot spring. That was his first words to her. (laughs) He demands that she strip in front of him. Yes, yes. It almost goes exactly like that. Again, four minute episodes and not a lot of time to work with. Wow. Does she do it? Oh, yeah, she does it. Why? Uh, Well, because she doesn't want to get her clothes wet. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i mean it does make sense to get naked in a hot spring gotta say i mean that's that is true that is true it's hard to argue with him though maybe he doesn't have to be so indignant about it he's very focused on enjoying his hot spring he doesn't even notice that uh yeah, well not saying that he doesn't notice but he doesn't care that she's naked he is almost 100 percent devoted to the concept of soaking in a bath okay so he's not horny he's not horny wow yeah. Yeah, it's very weird. I'm not exactly sure what kind of dichotomy they're going for with these two, uh, especially because this is a, you know, 18-plus uh, tagged show. They they show <laughs> they show nip. They show nip. Sure, sure, sure. Do you think maybe he's gay? I don't think he's gay. I think he's just dumb. That would be a great twist, right? That he, <laughs> like, he finally gets, like, flustered and uncomfortable when, like, one other male character shows up. <laughs> We'll have to see because he's so far he's been the only male character to show up. I think that would be a great twist. That, I would love that. I'm trying to think of what other thing could possibly occur, be intriguing and cool. And the only thing I can come up with is like he either turns out to be gay or like blind. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I don't know. Maybe he he's sitting in the onsen and... Um, he gets his like balls stuck on the jet at the bottom of the onsen and uh, nobody's around and he's drowning. <laughs> <laughs> Go for a real slapsticks type, uh, type angle. <laughs> and it's the most, it's only four minutes long and it's still just the show. Right. Uh-huh. And he's drowning and he's drowning and he's like so close that he's like pulling and like right at the last second, Somebody turns the jets off and he like floats back to the top. And then then the next episode is exactly the same bullshit as all the other ones. It does not acknowledge how terrifying the last episode was. <laughs> Just moves on with like the fluffy bullshit. Who knows? Maybe uh, maybe that's how he died in the first place. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he is. That would see. That would be a great twist. One of the most incredible anime twists ever. If it turns out he was the guy in the Palaniuk story and died <laughs> <laughs> at the bottom of the pool. <laughs> he was the guy from Guts, <laughs> the the Chuck yeah, Palahniuk story. Yes, yes, yes. And then uh, oh in this fantasy world, he's like, God, please uh, remove the fear I have for uh, hot tubs because they really were the only thing that gave me joy in life. And then I kind of ruined it with my death. <laughs> and Planiac's gay, so that would be good foreshadowing. Yeah. Okay, well, let me tell you what happens in, in episode two. Uh, in that's, Elf, the old, that's only one episode. That's only, only one, episode. one episode. That's that's one episode. Oh, God. This better be good, Nerdlinger. Uh, <laughs> Uh, episode two an elf shows up uh and is like hey what are you guys doing here not blowing my mind so far (laughs) and you know what he says what he says get naked because you're not supposed to wear clothes in a hot spring okay how are they all wandering into the hot spring fully clothed like how is that happening well sometimes you just wander around it's not like a it's not like an enclosed bathhouse it's a natural hot okay, spring okay so they they didn't put a fence up or anything he's just laying in a well, pond he, water well so so his fantasy quest that he's taken upon himself is to find undiscovered hot springs that have not been commercialized yet sure uh, sure he wants to go out and find the the perfect hidden hot spring right yeah so these are remote out of the way locations then where are these girls just stumbling onto his finds what what are they what are they well, doing? as we already established the the first girl she was put there by the fox god yes we know we know her but what about this elf she was well, just wandering around in the forest just wandering around the forest what else are you gonna do when you're an elf just wander around forest i don't know like build a tree house i guess um, be condescending to the other races. Oh, wow. So you think all elves have to live in trees? Huh? I think all elves have to live in trees because they need to look down on everyone all the time and it's hard <laughs> to do from the ground. Okay, so was that it? Is that everything that no, happened? No, that's, that's it. That's everything that has happened. <laughs> okay, all right. So there's my report. That's it. Uh, no more anime premiering. Does he have a dick? Uh, not that they showed. They, they've, they've stayed above the waist so far. So they'll show full titty, but like they won't even allude to a dick. They show ass. They got the, they got some male ass in there. Hey, ass, whatever. So I've seen ass a million times. Not an ass guy. Well, hey, look, you know what? Now that you brought it up, like what is with anime asses? What, what is going on there? Hey, explain that comment. Cause uh, I'm not sure what you mean. Well, anime girls like don't have fat asses. Don't tell me you haven't noticed this. It's fucking weird. <laughs> You're you're bemoaning a lack of thickness in the anime world. A little bit, yeah. It's definitely an overlooked aspect. I mean, if we're going to be f- like ferociously sexualizing all these girls, like why do they all have flat asses? Okay, well maybe you will finally understand why I care so much about uh, Hokkaido gals. <laughs> Wait, are the girls packing in Hokkaido gals? Uh, the main one is. That's kind of her defining feature. For real? She's caked up? Yeah, she got caked. What the fuck? Okay, well, it's not. that's not enough to make me change my opinion about <laughs> oh, that Oh, okay, show. I'm still in the doghouse for that one. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> okay. You made a valiant effort, but not quite there. <laughs> I mean, I guess, I, I, you know, I guess I would prefer you watching that to Isekai because I feel less gross about that. But it's close. Uh, it's true. It does lack the uh, the death cult aesthetic to it. Yes, yeah. I, it is close, but I still think Hokkaido Gals is less uh, ethically reprehensible. <laughs> well, shit, man. Isn't that the reason, like, Chainsaw Man was so fucking popular in the beginning? Because people were so horny 
over over Makima's ass. Was she caked up? Yeah, I that remember was, that. Yeah, you, every every fucking cover that Fujimoto drew, that was all over the place. Yeah, she got that truck bed. <laughs> Just saying. I guess I didn't realize that. I can't that I can't bring it to mind. You, but also because not me personally, but like it seems for everybody else, it's about Kobani. That she's oh, well, like obviously the breakout. Listen, okay. People are insanely horny for Kobani. <laughs> I don't like the term best girl. Me neither. Why would you bring that up? <laughs> it's awful. But if I had to choose one, it would be Kobani. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, yeah. Weird. Weird choice. I mean, obviously the story considers power to be the girl. Uh, well, she yeah. She is the girl. I mean, like indisputably. She's, she's the girl. But you, you prefer Kobani. I don't know. Uh, despite only being in like six or seven chapters. I don't know. There's something about, there's something relatable about the wage slave uh, aspect of her character that, that I find comforting. Like, uh, yes, I do like that. All of these other characters are hot and I'm horny for them, but I can relate to Kobeni. <laughs> we can have a conversation. Yeah. And like the bloodhound gang, you prefer when the girl is crying. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to go that far. <laughs> I changed that line. Yeah. I f- felt wrong. Yeah, you flubbed. <laughs> I, I, I tweaked it a little bit. Uh, okay, okay but, but what do you call this? I mean, what come on. Fuck, man? Come on. I mean, Kai, that is the implication of. But also, those pencil skirts, they do a lot of work. Well, sure. Pencil skirts are... <laughs> Let's uh let's pour one out for the pencil skirt homies out there. For real, for real. No, like big ups to a pencil skirt. Uh, great design. The pencil skirt is one of the greatest uh, inventions in fashion history. Uh, it's it's good. I mean, should I keep talking about pencil skirts? Yeah, go on, go on. You know, they look sexy whether they're long. Uh, they can be short. Some of them have a little bit of a knee to ankle slit. That's kind of cool, you know, but I think everybody really likes the kind of pseudo binding effect of like a full length pencil skirt. You know, it's reminiscent of um, it's some Chinese cultures. They would bind women's feet. It's got kind of echoes of that, though, with obviously with. Less <laughs> OK, physical, all right. All right. Uh, I'm, I'm done talking obviously. about asses. I think it's a it's a more. <laughs> Anyway, there was some other anime I think you wanted to talk about, right? I, in the <laughs> foggy reaches of my mind, I think I remember you mentioning that. Yeah, I got you thinking about fashion now and pencil skirts, and now you're all over the place. Pencil skirts. I'm fucking, I'm deadly serious. <laughs> uh, I did. I did read some anime uh, this year. This year. Holy shit. <laughs> I know. it's all. We're early in, but I finally got around <laughs> to reading some anime. That's good. That's good. I believe <laughs> in you. Uh, I read a one-shot or maybe a pitch for a, a longer story. Uh, I'm not entirely sure yet, but it's one chapter. Uh, it came out uh, last week. It, it was called We Can't Be Adults by Fuji to Joe. And... In my notes, I kind of half scribbled down that this was sexy Groundhog Day. Yeah. Uh, essentially, we we start off with a dude, you know, uh, doing the Garfield thing. Uh, I hate Mondays. Kind of waxing poetic about how nothing ever happens and, you know, only adults care about being young and how much it sucks to be a youth and all that. You know, classic shit. Mm-hmm. And he goes to school and... There's a girl waiting for him outside the school wearing a bikini. Waiting for him? Yeah, waiting for him. Is she holding up one of those signs like at the airport? No, no. She has a backpack on, or her school backpack, but she's just wearing a bikini. And she's like, hey, uh, you finally showed up. What do you think of my outfit? And first thing I notice is he is totally unfazed by this. 
so obviously something is going on here because he's not acting like a standard anime youth, you know, nosebleed, uh, uh, flushed red face, all that, etc. And and obviously people are kind of like giving her the side eye, like, hey, what's what's going on here? You know, why is she wearing a bikini? And eventually a teacher comes out and is like, hey, you can't wear that. You got to go to the office and get a spare uniform. So he drags her off. And then the rest of the first chapter is just kind of him going around school. And it's very obvious that he is totally disengaged from general life in some manner. You know, he skips class. He doesn't really talk to people. He ignores people when they're talking to him. He got chin and disease. A little bit. It started, that's the implication we're supposed to be getting. He's doing this whole like, wow, nobody gets it. You know, being a kid sucks. Well, he's not really, I mean, a kid kid. He's like 17. Uh, these are like, you know, high school second years. Yeah, that's that's babies to me. I mean, 40 <laughs> years ago, maybe I would have been like, yeah, yeah. But now they're all babies. <laughs> so they are all babies to me. So eventually he winds up going to the nurse's office to skip class. And what do you know? Bikini girl is there. And they start talking about... In the nurse's office? Yeah, in the nurse's office. Like showing, she's... showing off her thighs as a medical condition now. <laughs> I, well, I think the implication is that she also ran off on whatever teacher was scolding her to go be in the nurse, nurse's office to skip class. Uh, so, so they are just kind of hanging out. And again, it's very obvious that they know each other in some capacity. We don't know how. They're not strictly dating, but they're very, like, close. Yeah. Physically affectionate. They don't, like, get freaked out by touching or uh, not in a sexual way, but just like, oh, hey, you know, give me a hug, whatever. Not the way you would expect a, a stupid little Chunin dude to react. Not the standard anime character. Yeah. Who abhors physical touch and connection. And so he was basically like, wow, you really, you know, you surprised me today. Uh, I didn't expect you to wear a bikini. Uh, and she's like, what, is this not appropriate to wear to school? So like, why don't we go hang out at the pool? And so they go to the pool and they're kind of hanging out and they're floating around on inner tubes and he falls asleep and wakes up and it is the same day again. It is a groundhog. These two high schoolers are repeating the same day in July, the same Monday in July for an unspecified amount of time at this point but like long enough to where they're playing boredom games with each other, you know, like trying to one-up and get a reaction. You are describing the Andy Samberg movie Palm Springs. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot like Palm Springs. Yeah. Almost yeah, exactly. Pretty much exactly, yeah. So that's it. Uh, I thought that that was kind of a fun, a fun hook for a Groundhog Day story. I want to see where this is going. Yeah, but clearly Palm Springs, because that is already the horny. Groundhog I mean, Day. to be fair, this kid is a lot more attractive than Andy Samberg. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> uh, I can almost uh, say that with 100% of surety. Damn, this dude is blowing up Andy Samberg. Fuck. You know what, Andy? If you got if you got an issue, you know where I live. We've talked. I just watched uh, Self-Reliance. Are you familiar with this? No. What's that? Uh, do you know who Jake Johnson is? I've heard the name, but I'm not super... Spider-Man in Spider-Verse. Oh, yes, of course. Yes. Yes, he's very funny. He put out a movie called Self-Reliance. Uh -huh. um, there's a really great joke where he's just a normal guy and he's walking home from work and a limo pulls up and Andy Samberg's face comes out the window. <laughs> and, uh, and he's like, hey, I'm Andy Samberg. Do you want to come with me? He's like, okay. Yeah, and it basically turns into a death game from there. So you know I, I was in. But it's very funny 
to have Andy Samberg come and pick you up in a limo to take you to the, your death game. I just, <laughs> I really enjoyed that. And he's funny in it, and Jake Johnson's very funny in it. Uh, it's not anime, but check out Self-Reliance. I don't know. It's pretty funny. All right. The best Anna Kendrick performance I've seen in a really long time. Yeah, I'm looking at a picture of Jake Johnson right now, and he looks like a mashup of... She's hilarious. ...of Sebastian Stan and Oscar Isaac. <laughs> I guess so. A little bit, yeah. You can see it. You can see it, right? Yeah, I mm-hmm. can see it. I can see it. Natalie Morales is in that movie, too. She's fucking great. Mary, Mary Holland is in that. She's incredibly funny. Uh, it rules. It rules. Uh, there's a Wayne Brady. Uh, hey, wait a minute. Well, wait, wait, wait a minute. That doesn't sound like anime. You know, the fact that it turns into a bizarre death game is pretty anime. I that's, mean, that's pretty adjacent to anime. I'll give you that. Yeah, it's close. It's pretty close. Just like your thing is pretty close to Palm Springs. That's my connection. Oh. It all fits together, you know? <laughs> uh, life is a beautiful kaleidoscope like that. Yes. Tell me tell me what the connection is between that and Maboroshi. This is what I'm interested in. <laughs> it's it's thin. I'll 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 be upfront about it. <laughs> well, try your best. Well, okay, so Maboroshi, that is the new original movie from Studio Mappa that we watch. Yeah. Uh and I, I would say, so the connection there is that Maburoshi is another story about Japanese youths, those horrible youths. <laughs> right, the youths. Yep. Uh, being stuck in a small, dying Japanese industrial village. And that's a metaphor for they phones, right? Because kids be on them. <laughs> kids be on they phones all the time. Yeah. Hey, didn't you notice how no kids, they, they didn't really have a, a lot of phone time in, in that movie? <laughs> what is this movie about? Uh, well, you know, I'm still noodling on that a little bit uh, because it does the kind of, I don't know if this is something you've noticed. I've noticed that a lot of Japanese storytelling tropes, they fall on the navel gazy modeling side of things. Yes, right? like saccharin yeah. in, in Western movies we usually describe as Oscar bait. Yes, exactly. Maburoshi is one of those stories about a village. One night, the steel factory in town blows up, and ever since then, the town has basically been encased in some kind of bubble. No one can leave. No one changes. It's it's almost like a Groundhog Day. You know, that was my connection because they're both about kids stuck in a particular moment. I think that we can't become adults is taking a much more playful uh, approach on the whole tone of it, obviously, because that is much more of a Groundhog Day thing. Sure. Arrested development. Yeah. Yeah. And that one is specifically, that is just the two characters and everybody else in the world is repeating. This is more, Maburoshi is the entire village has been more uh, put into stasis. It's not really a, a repeating narrative of a day. It's just there's no progression anymore. People don't get older. The weather doesn't change. Uh, you can't leave the town either by boat or by going on the roads. It's just kind of there, which, again, pretty on the nose, like you said. Yeah, so basically Faceless Void has cast Chronosphere on this small Japanese town. Well, if you want to put it in layman's terms. That's for my that's for my Dota heads. What's up? <laughs> What's up, y'all? Uh, yeah, and so we've been dropped into this story where 
this has been going on for an unspecified amount of time. We don't really know how long these characters have been repeating this day or not repeating, but kind of going about these motions, right? There is one way to tell. Uh, anything over about 100 to 200 years and they all go insane and start eating each other. That hasn't happened yet. So I guess we're still pretty early on in that It must process. be pretty early on, yeah. And I guess the big narrative tension factor in the story is that there is a girl, a singular girl in the entire village. Oh, shit. Who, now you got my attention. <laughs> who? <laughs> that got your attention? <laughs> you said there's a girl in this? Damn, dude. Hell yeah. Uh, dude, you got to get out. <laughs> you like, you really need to go talk to some people. So, uh, um... The pencil skirt comes from the 40s. It was one of the early Christian Dior lines. Oh, okay, all right, Scott, shut it, <laughs> yeah, shut Sophia it. Loren wore one. All right, enough of that. <laughs> this girl, what makes her special in the context of the story is that she is the only one in the town that ages. Damn, that sucks. And also, she is not from the town. She appeared as a little kid coming in off of a, a train into the town. They found her on a train uh, with no parents, and she is the only one that ages. Damn, that sucks. The story is kind of a mishmash of different people's philosophies and opinions on on what is happening to the village, why they're stuck, how they should be dealing with it. Right. You know, we've got the one guy, uh, the father of the main female character, who is kind of like crazy and he thinks that this special girl is a god or sent by the gods and he's trying to basically form a cult around her to maintain some kind of political grip over the town, a uh, tale as old as time. Okay. And we have the kids. We have our main kid, uh, Masamune, uh, who is, again, kind of your stereotypical Chunin kid. He <laughs> fucks around with his friends. They don't really know what to do. They've been, it's been years since they've been stuck in this stasis. Right. So they're kind of doing like nihilistic, like boundary pushing stuff, like, you know, squeezing each other until they pass out or or just kind of generally roughhousing and being not violent, but, you know. Yo, no, I, yeah, totally. Like going, breaking into abandoned houses and uh, skating in the pool, throwing empty beer bottles into the bottom of the pool <laughs> so when you wipe out, you, like, really get fucked up. Being punks, you know? Yeah, you know, punk shit. So, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's Mabaroshi. It's, it's kind of a story about dealing with emotions of moving on from, from being stuck in a particular place in time, I think is the most, yes. is the most obvious reading of it, right? Yeah, and uh, so, um, uh, you know, um, do, they, do they have, uh, do, do, they, can, do they know how to stop, get out of the... Arrested development? Did they, did they figure it out? Well, I don't know. I don't know how much you want to get into it. I, I, I want to. I don't want to just summarize the movie, but I, I think I'll take that, a. I'll take even uh, just a pitch. Like, well, <laughs> I think the I a think, clue. Do you have even a clue? I mean, I think I have a clue. I, essentially, they they <laughs> discover that they are living. They're not stuck. They're more like a a memory trapped inside of a bubble of this village, right? The, they discover that outside of this weird reality uh, bubble that they live in, life has actually continued to carry on without them. Without them, uh, they all still have lives outside 
of this moment that they're stuck in where they've all aged and grew and and become adults, become new people. Sure, sure. That's pretty dope. I, I like that concept. It's a good wrinkle. <laughs> I, I mean, I like it too. And, and the big, you know, mystery in the movie is trying to figure out uh, there's there's this, you know, they see cracks in reality in the sky above them throughout the movie. Yeah. And they're trying to figure out what it means. And it turns out that on the other side of the cracks is the present day. And they are actually just kind of like, you know, uh, more of a, a photo of this community in this one particular moment that has been kind of uh, preserved by supernatural metaphysical means whatever i don't think it really matters uh, an an echo of a snapshot in time uh frozen in it's amber. it's a real final fantasy 10 they got up going in there i don't know what do you what did you think of the movie i didn't watch it you didn't watch it <laughs> yeah i didn't watch it oh my god uh, dude <laughs> yeah can i tell you what i watched guy can i tell you what i watched yeah said? i guess go ahead I guess. So to to You told me to watch this movie. <laughs> Somebody had to watch it. It's the big new MAPA movie. Uh so um unfortunate to do it two weeks in a row, but having th- hovered over certain play buttons for a long time, I ended up watching uh, a non-anime movie again. God damn it. Uh this time though God it is anime. It, dude. it is anime adjacent. It's very anime related. I watched the Jigen Daisuke live action movie. Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah. Lupin, hell yeah. Okay, all right. We all love Lupin in this house. <laughs> we do. Are you a red jacket guy or a green jacket guy? You know, I like a green and black. I think that's good with the yellow tie. I think that's a pretty good look. You know, uh, as much as I don't like the look of the season, I do like the pink jacket season uh, costume. That's a pretty good one. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. but you know, for me, of course, I'm a child of the nineties. My Lupin is Castle of Cagliostro. So that's always going to feel like the canonical. Lupin. You're a child of the nineties. So your favorite Lupin movie is the one from the 1970s. Yes, exactly. The Ghibli <laughs> one. Yeah. Because the, the Ghibli sons, you know, um, that was green jacket Lucan, by the way. Yeah, it was. So I, I I had to get in, right? Because not only because I'm dying of curiosity that what that would be, but also because, like, I am backed up on Lupin movies, you know? I, I have missed a, a few recently that I've been I've been hurting to watch. Um, so I, this is a little bit of a catch-up. But uh, this, is, this is Jigen's side story. So Lupin does not appear until the last two seconds. Sorry for the spoiler. God. So um, you watched a live-action spinoff about a side character from Lupin. Well, calling him a side character is a little harsh. I mean, yes, he Jigen is a sidekick, but he is probably the single most ever-present element in Lupin's life. There is no one else who is constantly by his side. I mean, best bros for life, obviously. Like, Goemon is part of the team sometimes, but, like, he fucks off most of the time. He's not even there He, a lot he of does time. his own... Honestly, I... When you say Lupin spinoff, Goemon or... Um, oh, what's the what's the girl's name? <laughs> it's the, the girl. <laughs> the girl. Oh, man. Come on, Fujiko, dog. Fujiko. She's legendary. I I think of them as as prime spinoff uh, fodder, right? 
because they often go off and do their own thing. They do. Jigen is kind of like, he's kind of a package deal with Lupin. They're a duo. Yeah, but he's got his own life outside of Lupin. You know, he's his own man. Um, And it's funny you say that because all of the other movies I've been sitting on and and really do want to watch are the spinoff movies. There's... Goemon's Spray of Blood, which I'm really excited for. Dope. If you saw a couple of screenshots, you would also be excited for it. It looks fucking incredible. And, you know, Goemon's dope as hell. He's slicing people up. He's cool as fuck. Is that one live action or anime? That's anime. Okay. The other ones are all anime. I'm not aware of any other live action movies, though I don't doubt that there are some. Some really bad ones. Now, do you think that they chose... Jigen for the live action one because his design would look the least stupid in live action? It's possible. Um, He is definitely the most grounded of the cast, uh, even though he is a total goofball. But his costume essentially is just... It's just a suit. Black, dark blue suit. But, you know, okay, so that that actually brings me perfectly to the first uh, disappointment of this movie. Oh, no, okay. All right. Get into um, it. Th- there are not too many elements of iconic Jigen imagery. The big two are his facial hair, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and he keeps his hat over his eyes. You do not need to be a Lupin aficionado to understand this version of the character. Yeah, he's got the hat tipped down. He's like the uh, he's the classic cool fedora guy. Exactly. He doesn't look where he's going because he's kind of a cowboy. I mean, he's a jazz cowboy. A jazzy cowboy. <laughs> he's cowboy bebop. <laughs> this movie, he does not have the facial hair, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he doesn't keep his hat over his eyes. He doesn't do either of those things. Wait. What the fuck? I mean, like, I... This, this is production meeting day one. Okay, so we got to find a guy to play Jigen. He's got to have the facial hair, and he's got to have the hat over his eyes. And then, like, six months later, they're like, we lost the facial hair? And the hat over his eyes? What's happening here? So I'm looking at some pictures here, and he has some facial hair. Some facial hair. But not the facial hair. No, he doesn't have the giant pointy chin beard that Jigen is known for. Jigen has a chin strap, like uh, like a little bit of a, a point. And mm-hmm, a, in mm-hmm. a lot of versions, it also curls upward, which is cool. A little flair, a little flair for the beard. Yeah. Uh, so no facial hair. You see his face the whole time. Yep. Ah, ridiculous. Uh, it's kind of. I don't even need to say that much more about the movie because those two elements alone bothered me the entire time. Little splinter uh, under my fingernail, just for like an hour and fifty minutes. I think maybe two and ten. Uh, too long, obviously. Can you think of any other live-action adaptations that have missed the mark that bad, you know, in that way? I feel like it's hard to think of live-action adaptations that don't. Well, uh, fair enough. That's uh, a bigger challenge, right? Yeah, the one that came to mind for me was uh, was the was the Ghost in the Shell live-action. Yeah, a couple glaring omissions in that character design. <laughs> like one... <laughs> <laughs> She's Japanese. <laughs> that is a big one. That is a big one for sure. <laughs> I, I take it then your overall view of the Jigen movie was not great based on that. You know, it's fine. It's the most standard fucking Western story you could possibly ask for. Does he get pulled back in for one more job? Uh, this is actually he's taking a break from jobs because in a, a impromptu duel, 
he kills a guy, but it takes two shots because his barrel has been damaged or something. He feels like his gun is out of whack because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when he shoots this guy dead, he hits him in the shoulder first and then he has to walk up and do the whole fucking double tap. And he's not a double tap kind of guy. I'm glad that they're doing stuff with guns at all because the way you describe the rest of the way they adapted as character, I felt like they may have left that part out too. It was very close. Well, imagine you can't imagine a world where his gun is broken the whole movie and he can't shoot people. Um, oh, I can imagine but- that very easily, yeah. Yeah, that is a, a colossal mistake. I would, I would imagine. <laughs> in fact, uh, instead he uh, he he go he takes a big field trip to Mexico and buys like a, a nine mil off some like very shady American guy. Oh my god! What is the Japanese like cinematographer's idea of what Mexico looks like? <laughs> A big sandy desert. I'm not joking. It was like the middle of the Sahara. There's a big title card that comes up that's like Mexico, but they are literally at a table in the middle of sand dunes. It's so wild. They have a camel walking in the background. Uh, anyway, the guy the guy happens to, and this is very convenient for Jigen, but the guy happened to coincidentally know that the greatest gunsmith in the world is a Japanese woman and she's in Japan right now. So he he flies home to Japan where he gets sucked into the most typical possible plot you could imagine. It's just straight up like Western ad lib shit. There's uh-huh. a, a little girl and crime guys want the little girl. Oh, obviously. He's pretending like he doesn't care about the little girl because he doesn't want to get involved. But then he gets involved and he saves the girl from the goons and the fucking gunsmith fixes his gun and uh, Lupin shows up in the Fiat and we all have a good time. So like Castle of Cagliostro. No, not at all, actually. Not at all. Um, (laughs) Because that is also a, a story about bad guys kidnapping a little girl. It is, yes. I mean, the, the that is basically where it is. And then Lupin shows up in the Fiat and everything's cool. Yeah, but that's at the start. And this time he shows up at the end. Oh, That's okay. the biggest possible difference. Now, here's the thing that makes this movie interesting. Um, and this is maybe, maybe a little biased because I'm coming off the John Wick 4. And that was extremely disappointing to me. I do not like that movie. Hey, John Wick is basically the American Lupin. No, what are you talking about? No, Lupin is cool. John Wick fucking sucks. <laughs> John Wick is bad. That's a uh, crazy thing to say. Don't let the Keanu stance hear you say that. Uh, I like Keanu, but uh, mostly in the Bigelow days, I gotta say. Um, but he's whether you like him or not, I think John Wick is very demonstrably bad. And it, it's weird that Donnie Yen is, I th- honestly, I think, older than Keanu, but his fights are way better and more agile. Like, he looks like he's in fighting condition, and John uh, looks like he is dying from a degenerative <laughs> disease the whole movie. It's really sad. John Keanu. Yeah, John Keanu John. Uh, Keanu <laughs> is not good in that movie. I'm sorry, man. He is really bad. Um, but the point being, I had watched all this really disappointing gun foo, right? Right. Uh, And then I go into Jigen, and I'm not expecting much, but the fight scenes in this movie are all that kind of, like, close quarters, like, gun-fu stuff where they're constantly trying to disarm each other and, like, reposition each other so they can't kill each other with, you know, with a point-blank fucking headshot. Sure. Um, 
and it rules, dude. It's really good. The fucking fight choreographer uh, went fucking off. Yeah, I, I'm. Uh, there are fight scenes that are like the best fight scenes I've seen in a long time in this movie. Okay, well that's intriguing because uh, I do personally I do like that style. I, I I think it's fun, you know. Yeah. The the game that got me really into stuff like that was. Uh, Devil May Cry 3, they do a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was uh, all. If Devil May Cry 3, the action scenes were famously mo-capped by, uh, by actual stunt people, which makes them much more animated and uh, look really good. It does help when you have, like, real people doing actual performances. Yeah. Um, this Jigen movie. If the fights weren't so good, then it would be a very, very boring movie unfortunately what is who's the antagonist like what what is his drive who wants the little girl that he's trying to protect it's like mob guys you know may you know just mob guys the thing i'm i'm wondering is like why did they want the little girl i honestly don't remember she didn't have like i don't know special codes to a safe implanted in her brain or something or maybe she was a witness did she witness a crime were they trying to silence her no they want her for something (laughs) i i'm getting it a little bit i think uh mixed up because that manga that everybody was talking about for a while kagudabachi Mm -hmm. has the exact same setup as this movie (laughs) and in the the reason they want the little girl in that one is because she, like, has instant regeneration powers, and so they're, like, harvesting her bones. <laughs> brutal. Yeah, it is brutal. Damn, dude. What the fuck? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I don't know. It's This thing sits in a really bizarre place where every piece of the production, you know, it's shot really well. It, the colors look great. Scenes look great. St- uh, staging looks great. All the acting is Fine. Yeah, you paused on that one. Um, <laughs> the, the Jigen's costume obviously fucked up, but all the fights are fantastic. It's almost like if this if this wasn't a Lupin tie-in and they had figured out some way to give it like a hook, I, I don't know what, maybe uh, maybe his, his gun shoots knives or something. I don't know, something <laughs> to give it a little bit of flavor. Or they gave him a laser gun. Yeah, if it was a laser gun, maybe. This would be a fantastic standalone movie. As it stands now, like, I'm not sure I can even recommend somebody watching it. Maybe just watch the compilation of the fight scenes? I don't know. Jigen, baby. <laughs> All right, let's, uh, let's take a break. All right. people you know that i know what you know you've been clamoring for what you've been clamoring for what what is the point of the show nate the point of the show as i laid it out at the beginning was to uh finally make a podcast that truly and honestly captures the essence of anime you know it's various facets it's evolving Wait, hold personality. up hold up hold up 
I thought you said the point of the show was to get paid. You know, the people that should get a little bit of value out of the show, right? I mean, that's what they're here for. Oh, absolutely. Cultural and, you know, educational enrichment about the subject of anime and anime-adjacent things. We're educators as well as entertainers. Uh, We're also lecturers, researchers, uh, and philosophers, you know? Oh, yeah. I think podcasters are the modern-day philosophers, and I think (laughs) our show really embodies that. Oh, God. So in that spirit... I had I had kind of gone back over the episodes and realized we'd left a pretty big chunk of anime's essence unexamined. Mm-hmm. Sitting at the heart of anime as a, an art form, as a culture, is the jet black, evil, <laughs> stone cold, cancerous lump on anime's soul, which is pure and unadulterated commercial advertising just the the mental barrage of subliminal uh marketing that comes at you every single millisecond of an anime is something we (laughs) haven't talked about enough i I mean it's in a lot of cases it's not exactly subtle uh marketing it is a big-titted anime girl saying, hey, you, uh, buy some fucking tires. Yeah, consume. <laughs> buy. Buy more. Buy, buy me. More. So, Nate, let's slip on our They Live glasses and take a, a little <laughs> bit of a tour on the super liminal side of anime. We've collected a, a series of anime pitch men. Uh, who will do their best to try to convince us of the efficacy of their product. And this is uh, pretty wide-ranging. We're talking about everything from fast food uh, to cars to uh, lifestyle products. Oh, yeah. Uh, I have one that I would like to start off with, if you're ready. Describe this one to me, Nate. Let's let's kick it off. Well, so this is going to be a hard sell for you already, because as we've discussed in the past, you don't, Uh, like nor appreciate the uh, act of or need to eat correct uh yes frankly i find it um antithetical to human dignity (laughs) i have to say but but when you have to eat uh, and you do sometimes uh there's no getting around that do you like udon noodles is what i'm saying i gotta be honest i'm I'm pretty cold on udon. Okay, fair enough. I gotta be real. Uh, now, I mean, they're so big. Well, they are the thick noodle boys of the. I can the, barely the, swallow them with my my dainty little throat. I can I, barely choke them down. They're so I love, big. I love udon. I love them thick <laughs> noodles, thick with two C's. Uh, I can't even swallow. <laughs> Swallowing has been an issue with you in the past. <laughs> it's been a, one of my big problems. Now, do you think uh, Yujiro Hanma, the demon, uh, could convince you to eat some udon? Holy shit. Is that Baki's dad? That's Baki's dad, baby. Damn. Well, if anyone could force the noodles down my throat, I think it would be the the Japanese ubermensch uh, <laughs> that is... Yujiro Hanma. All right, uh, take a look at this ad from from Nissin uh, for their instant udon bowl. All right, I've been fed an ad. I'm watching it willingly. <laughs> it does not have English subtitles. It does not, but you can get the idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. <laughs> tell me about tell me about that how that ad made you feel. Give me a uh, a consumer feedback report. Uh, okay. Yes. Yes. Hold on. Hold on. I need to. I need to. <laughs> you process that a little bit. Look at my Baki character list really quickly, because um, I forgot that dude's name. Uh, some weak little noodle arm dick. Who cares? He looks like Goki Shibukawa. That's that was the guy I was thinking of. Okay. Uh, he's a jujitsu master, but like not a very good one, right? Because Tatsujin. <laughs> no, he's great. He's really good. Uh, but he had a little weak boy body. Yeah, that's uh, that's jujitsu. Oh, okay. That's he's kind of like a, a sleeper. He's become an old man, uh, and in his old age, he looks a little withered. But he uses that to trick his opponents, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the gist of this commercial is we kind of have an alternating ads here going from generic anime dude talking to a fox girl. And I should note that the udon that they're advertising is known as kitsune-style udon, which means it has, like, pieces of fried tofu in it. Pieces? It, this dude pulls out a, a fucking 8 by 10 <laughs> sheet of tofu. I mean... That's how I like it. If you're if you're gonna put in stuff into the instant noodle bowl, don't skip on it. Damn, dog. I wouldn't be able to swallow that. It's too big. <laughs> I would definitely choke on that one. Uh, but we're we're alternating between generic anime uh, boy and fox girl, and then uh, that dude from Baki and Yujiro with with fox uh, ears and tails. Yes, we have a we have our our normal anime boy. He flirts with a, a kitsune girl while eating his udon at the temple, and then uh, we cut again. To, I assume many years in the future, and the little boy has grown up, and it turns out he's grown up into Goki Shibukawa from Baki, <laughs> and and he is again uh, nostalgically eating his noodles when the kitsune girl appears before him yet again. But the kitsune girl has uh, undergone a radical transformation uh, into <laughs> Yujiro Hanma, who is extraordinarily pissed off for some reason. If I understood Japanese, I might be able to know. But uh, he's pretty <laughs> pissed. I mean... He's pissed about the way this dude's eating udon. Isn't he pissed most of the time? That's kind of his MO. No, no, he's having a good time. He's the strongest man in the world. He's really enjoying himself. Uh, <laughs> not right now. I would definitely eat the noodles just because I'd be afraid he'd beat me up. I mean, I have to say, I agree. I would desperately try to chunk down the noodles. Maybe I would uh, chew them with my tiny teeth. <laughs> until they were so small I could actually swallow them. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And I hope the Kitsune Udon brand is uh, receptive to that kind. Maybe they have uh, uh, Udon for weak-throated men. <laughs> so uh, they a pre-chewed option, possibly? I would love a pre-chewed option. Yes, absolutely. You're the kind of person that would just kind of consume a flavorless nutrient paste if you could. I mean, I, I have considered it. Frankly, the nutrient paste culture is pretty toxic. That's what keeps me away. <laughs> okay. Now, I, I want to send you one here. This is, this is a little bit different. Okay. It's All for right. food, of course, but this is a brand I think we'll, we are both a little bit more familiar with. <laughs> Basically need no introduction. This is uh, for the McDonald's brand food line chain of hamburger shops you may have heard of them a little startup company yes yes not my favorite but i'll do i'll take it in a pinch i like the hash browns mm -hmm. um they're advertising in japan with a series of anime clips this one is a little bit older entitled samurai mac 
All right. Do you think the Samurai Mac is is going to be appetizing or disgusting? Well, you know, I am predisposed to give them the benefit of the doubt because I'm a, a good little consumer pig, uh, and I'll eat my McDonald's whenever I can. You'll eat your slop. Uh, I'll eat my slop. Uh, I'll I'll drink down the Pokemon, and I'll eat up all those Samurai Macs. Okay, let's take a look. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, oh, no, they're using the song. Wow. All right. Well, they're going for kind of like a very stylized uh, thing here. Kind of um, uh, a vagabond story thing. Yeah. Oh, all right. What the fuck is that? What is that? I mean, I admire his uh, resolve to move forward. (laughs) (laughs) Adult enjoyment. Maybe we... Okay, there's a lot okay. going on here. Hold, I just uh, let me let me take the lead here. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. First of all, the, hold on, just to kick you off, the subtitle is two Spanish Japanese flavors for a limited time. I was going to get to that. Okay, go for it. <laughs> so, so first thing we have the very, uh, I don't want not edgy but very stylized um, look that they're going for. It looks like vagabond. To me, it looks like a cross between early JoJo and Fist of the North Star kind of samurai guy. See, I was going to say like early JoJo and uh, modern Vinland Saga. Sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, So I I appreciate that. I think it's actually kind of cool. And they're doing the uh, kind of Japanese traditional ink painting look for the backgrounds. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. He's climbing this Japanese, this traditional Japanese art mountain. Yeah. Uh, and then, then we get an, some nice beauty shots of the actual product. And so I guess we should talk about what the Samurai Max are. Describe that first, and then and then we'll talk about the efficacy of the trailer. Yeah. So as they described at the end of the, of the ad, these are two Spanish-slash-Japanese flavors no, for Spanish a limited dash, time. Spanish-dash-Japanese. Oh, Spanish-dash-Japanese. Spanish-knees. Spanish-ease. Spanishies and I'm so they got two here. One seems to be a more traditional style hamburger. We have patty, lettuce, cheese, some kind of dark, sweet Bro, looking sauce. I'm what assuming. What the fuck is that? In the middle above the patty? Hold on. No, I don't want to interrupt you, but what the. I, for our listeners, there is an unidentified, thick, <laughs> circular thing stuck in the <laughs> middle of this burger. You don't recognize that? That's the egg patty from a from a McMuffin. That is an egg patty. That's the fried egg patty from a McMuffin. Are you sure? Yeah. No, that's it. Wow, man. Because that's it. That's an egg and yolk. You can see it. Plain as day. That freaks me out, man. Well, it's it's not the first time that I've seen people put eggs on hamburgers. That's not what's freaking I've, me no, out. No, I've just I've never seen a a, a mechanically perfect egg patty uh, <laughs> before it's the presentation itself the other burger looks great to me i mean no notes uh the other burger has some kind of combination of bacon maybe like a potato patty on top of the beef yeah it looks Is like that... hash brown yeah it looks hash like a brown hash brown sure. some kind of uh white sauce maybe mayo on top and then the the samurai barbecue sauce like the other at the bottom <laughs> and so I guess the real deciding factor is I have no idea what that barbecue sauce tastes like. I'm already I'm not against putting an egg on a hamburger. That's not what uh, puts me off. That's fine with me. 
even if it is like a weird synthetic looking egg. <laughs> it, it's it is not egg like in any way except color. Uh, what I object to is the proposition of putting barbecue sauce on an egg because that shit's wacky. Yo. No, no, that no, it that completely depends on the level of sweetness of the barbecue sauce. Well, I can I can take a, a, a hazard at a guess and say it's probably pretty sweet. If it's McDonald's, it's probably pretty sweet. Again, I do, but I don't know the Japanese flavor palette when it comes to McDonald's. I, I've never hit a Japanese McDonald's before, so I'm not sure. <laughs> well, here I can tell you one thing, uh, because I have, uh, and that makes me better than you in this regard. Wow, wow, damn, dude. Uh, they don't, when they say that there is bacon on the burger, that's not what they mean. When they say there's bacon on the burger, they mean that there is a slice of ham. They don't do bacon the same <laughs> way that we do. Okay, yeah. Uh, so so just keep that in mind, I guess. Do you want to just hazard a guess as to what they mean by the Spanish flavors? Do you think it's just because there might be a little bit spiciness somewhere hidden in here? Well, no, because spice, although not super common as it is in you know, uh, Western food, especially Spanish food. It's like they have chili as a condiment in pretty much most restaurants. Chili powder like comes in a little shaker at yeah, most but tables. You know, you know what I mean. Yeah. I think you know that shit I'm talking about. If I had to take a guess and, and, uh, bear with me here, I would say what they mean by Spanish flavors is the presence of cumin. <laughs> You mean cumin? If you want to say it like a uh, Philistine. <laughs> no, you you keep saying it your way. I like that. It's yeah. what a coomer does. <laughs> <laughs> They're cumin all over the place. Get out, I'm cumin. So with that in mind, uh, with the cumin in mind, uh, yeah, yeah, I, uh, I would eat these burgers. Uh, no question. Both of okay, them. Okay, well, I'll say yes, the ad is definitely effective. I'm not sure how the Japanese guy... The samurai connects to the desire to eat burgers. Well, it, we do see a, a quick glimpse of him eating a burger at the end, but the commercial, for the most part, is about climbing a mountain. Well, it's because a good spicy cumin sauce uh, translates directly to adult enjoyment, right? That's what the ad says. Adult enjoyment. I do love the phrase adult enjoyment, and I will be using that in my day to day life. <laughs> uh, final verdict. Uh, hash brown patty fucking burger. I would eat that three times a day until I was irreparably ill. <laughs> not the not the egg one. Uh, I I don't trust that egg, dog. That thing is fucking freaky. <laughs> uh, okay, let's move on. It I'm does look a bit like a cyclopean eye in the middle of the yeah, burger. It's fucking weird. It's weird. All right. Uh, well then, then how about this one? Uh, you like shoes? I know that about you. Boy, do I. Now, uh, I love hiding my feet. Yeah. That's really my deal. <laughs> That's their number one function is to, is to hide your disgusting feet from the world. Keep the piggies away. You're never going to see my piggies. <laughs> You're never going to see them. Well, not unless they join the Patreon. <laughs> if you start paying money, I'll consider it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see if Sailor Moon can convince you to buy some shoes. I'm very interested already. So this is actually a, a, minute-long compilation of several shorter Sailor Moon ads. I was only posting it for the first one, but I do encourage you to watch the whole thing because okay. it is weird. Yeah, let's go. Let's go into it. All right. Uh, let's go. <laughs> Again, no subtitles. <laughs> no subtitles. Yo! Well, it's a fucking drip. <laughs> the kicks drip. Yeah. Yo, did you just walk through a creek because your kicks be dripping, dog? Holy shit. Hell yeah. I really like the bright pink insoles. 
Love them. I fucking love them. The big chunky fucking fold over like Velcro look. Oh, the second the second colorway are not good though. Hold on. I gotta look at this again. The second colorway, not good. Oh, they have like a floral design on the upper mm -hmm. that is just not good. Yeah, that is uh that's peak nineties design right there. That kind yeah. of like uh I patched your shoes using the old shades kind of thing. Yes. Uh, a bit of a, a blossom look. Okay, now let's really quickly just, I don't want to divert from here, but I'm really going to quickly just look at the average price for these shoes. Okay. Uh... I The only ones I see that are particularly interesting are like, there's an okay old school, skate old school model called Pretty Guardian that has like a bunch of the black and white panels on it and it has the big sailor moon in japanese font like along the sole i think that's mm -hmm. a pretty nice i don't like vans low tops though but that looks like pretty much it yeah damn it i would have loved these shoes i like straight up no lie you would have rocked these they look dope as hell absolutely <laughs> all right well i i'll take that as your vote for the shoes then the pump was primed okay well the next ad seems to be about eye drops <laughs> so <laughs> let's let's continue on. <laughs> Their eye drops? What the hell? Okay, I'm, I didn't really get enough information from the trailer to make a call on the eye drops either way. I was a bit distracted by the BDSM outfits. I was a little distracted by how uh, the pH balance was extremely off in their school's pool, and it did seem to poison Sailor Moon to death. <laughs> um, her eyes were bleeding. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> well, you know, she just smoked a fat one. <laughs> in underwater in the pool? Yo, know, Japan was uh, way ahead of us in terms of technology in the 90s. That's, that's fucking wild, dude. Uh, and then there's a commercial for a toy wand that I'm yeah. completely ambivalent about. My need for a toy wand is pretty much the same as it was before I watched the ad, I would say that's a failure of the ad, did not capture my interest as a consumer, <laughs> did not uh, give me a reason that I needed a wand in my life. There was no call to action. Uh, pretty bad advertisement all around. Yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely not going to buy that wand, but I think I would uh, get those eye drops. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I'm trying to hide that I've rolled and smoked a fat marijuana cigarette from my parents. And hey, if you're going to just randomly get eye drops, I mean, what's the difference really, right? They all, exactly. They've got to all be the same shit in there. <laughs> but uh, as far as the shoes go, you're definitely on board for those. Oh, hell yeah. Those are uh, one of those were really good shoes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, I'm gonna give you another one. Now this is this is quite interesting to me. This is uh, an advertisement for let's see what they call it, the Japan Horse Raising Association, and they have partnered with uh, one of our all-time favorites, right? Uh, Evangelion. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, shit. So, so uh, this is actually labeled as Ava 4.0. So if I'm, if I'm reading this correctly, this was part of the Rebuild the, series? Yeah, this is the canon uh, fourth sequel. Yeah, this is. So let's go ahead and see if we're convinced that horse racing is actually good. I guess I should have gotten your opinion on horse racing before we started watching this. Mine's bad. I, I, uh, not to surprise anybody, but I don't like horse racing. Well, you know, I had a pretty low opinion of it uh, starting off with, but then uh, Uma Musume Pretty Derby seasons one, <laughs> yeah. two, and three sold me pretty hard on it. 
you did fall into the Uma Musume hole pretty hard. I just love those horse girls. Let's see if the horse girls in this trailer are uh, uh, comparable. All right. <laughs> now, right off the bat, I will say this has a thing that Ava kind of suffered from as it went along in that it has an incredibly upbeat theme song. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. The Ava One Horse. Hell yeah. Okay, now, who is piloting the Ava One Horse? Obviously a horse. Obviously a horse is piloting the horse Ava. Do you think Ava. there's a horse in a, in a horse plug suit? Yes, I think Horse Shinji is inside the horse Ava, inside of a horse-shaped plug suit. Uh, and these are separate characters, mind you, inhabiting the same space as the regular Ava pilots. Uh, thus confirming what I always thought is that there is an alternate horse universe existing within uh, the confines of the Ava story that that is only visible in the background. That's interesting because my assumption at first was that this was, in fact, uh, an unseen uh, episode of the original series in which a horse angel had shown up and the only way to defeat it through its natural psychic armor uh, was to make it lose confidence in himself by beating it in a race. That's a good assumption, but the fact that this is labeled as Ava 4.0, you can JRA final, uh, <laughs> does make it canonically the last in the series, in which case they have inhabited a new fourth dimension, if you right. will. Yes, an alternate dimension. Now, <laughs> see, what I liked about my idea was that it conjures up this image of instead of Shinji and Asuka playing DDR, they were, in fact, running around as a pantomime horse, which <laughs> has training to get into the horse Ava, uh, which is delightful. I think we can all agree. It's beautiful, delightful. Now, was was Shinji the horse and Asuka the rider, or were they doing, like, the front half, back half thing, like a horse oh, costume? front half, back half, horse costume thing, for sure. We're talking about classic uh, comedy skit horse. Okay. Now, I think it goes without saying that, that Shinji is the back half, right? Oh, there is no question. I mean, as yeah. soon as you realize it, of course, he is he is awkwardly uh, hugging Asuka's waist, and occasionally his face is somehow <laughs> slipping into her underwear. I don't know how, but, and then she gets really, she gets really upset and she kicks herself in the, in the horse stomach. It's a very funny scene, man. That's so fucked up. Classic Ava shit. <laughs> now, what about your opinion on horse racing? Cause, uh, uh, I still hate it. Well, okay, now uh, <laughs> I still hate I, I've it. been I've been swung back in the other direction. Uma Musume made me love it, and now the association with Ava <laughs> makes me hate it again. Uh, I think it's cruel to anime characters. I uh, I could give a shit about horses though. Yeah, I'm pretty ambivalent about horses, but I did hate the. There is a horse, an evil horse council. <laughs> Well, obviously, it's a reflection of the evil, mysterious council that Gendo is reporting to in, it, in the series. Yes, it makes me very uncomfortable. It's like... <laughs> That's what I'm saying. They're from the horse dimension, dude. It must be. It must be. This is strong supporting evidence for your theory because these are clearly, like, super intelligent alpha horses who have been secretly <laughs> ruling over humanity. <laughs> the horse Illuminati. Yeah, I don't like it. I do not like Illumitrati? it. I don't know. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, fuck. Illumitrati. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Got another one. Okay. Let me see. Uh, as expected of me, this one is also food themed. Uh, but I chose this one specifically because it is one of the few ads, uh, maybe the only ad that I was able to find that uses anime original 
advertising no existing characters. This is not a tie-in campaign. Uh, they animated their own stuff for this ad. Love that. Love it. Love it. And, and so this is an ad for canned tuna. Now it says sea chicken versus land chicken. Uh, and I've got to say, I'm already, it's already conjuring up images of uh, Gyo, Junji mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ito's Gyo, these sea chickens rising up and devouring the land chickens. Makes my skin crawl. However, I do have to admit, uh, tuna is objectively superior to chicken. That's my position going in. Let's see how it changes. All right. Let's give it a watch. <laughs> Again, no English subtitles. They are speaking in English, though. <laughs> <laughs> I have so many questions. Oh man. Okay, first of all, I, the the biggest concern here and I cannot read Japanese. So I have I am having to make assumptions about the product. Now I see a chicken and a tuna on this package. Are you telling me this is a chicken tuna combo? Are you saying they mix chicken and tuna together into this product? Is that what it says? I I have to be led to believe that. Yes. So it's a. This is actually an ad for a chicken tuna paste. Well, a a, a tuna that has been uh, enhanced by chicken, or possibly a a chicken <laughs> okay. that has been brought down by tuna. So uh, that is my second question is, do we assume that the chickens are the fascist bad guys in this trailer? Well, obviously, I think if we're, I think if we're giving... Um, because chickens are, are fighting tuna in the trailer. They are obliterating each other in space combat with horrifying weapons of war. Um, but we are not giving a clear indication on whether one of these are bad guys or good guys. Well, I would say, given the context of the commercial... Uh, we give much more empathetic shots of the tuna. You know, we see them kind of getting ready for battle, uh, getting loaded into their tuna mechs before they're shot. Their wives, their wives and children crying. <laughs> One they... literally gives them a kiss goodbye as he's loaded into his, uh, his death pod hyperbaric tuna mech chamber. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think that we're supposed to be siding with the tuna here. Uh, which isn't surprising, you know. I think it's uh, it's not a surprising opinion that Japanese people like tuna <laughs> possibly more than chicken. <laughs> now, do you think that both the chicken and the tuna are misguided because, as the product points out, uh, it is the human that wins? And in fact, if they had teamed up and used their strength to defeat their natural predator, being us. <laughs> um, that they could find some kind of common ground that could end this tuna chicken war? Uh, I'm just a simple war hawk. <laughs> and uh, you shouldn't be, think too deeply about conflict. They fought a good fight. And at the end of the day, I'm eating both. Uh, okay, final question. When you combine two foods, are they fighting? Uh, for your for your taste buds' attention, yes. Uh, they are fighting. <laughs> I was... I was... <laughs> Man, I want a tuna sandwich now. I do love a tuna sandwich. Love a tuna sandwich. Maybe I'll add some chicken to it. Uh, My opinion was definitely changed Mm -hmm. for the worse because (laughs) mashing chicken and tuna together sounds disgusting to me. 
Um, so the ad was pretty, this ad in particular, uh, not effective on me personally. Well, maybe it's like a, a gamble thing. Maybe it's, you don't know what you're getting. It's either tuna or chicken. Oh, it's a mystery airheads thing where yeah, you open exactly, up a package exactly. and one, one out of every 10 <laughs> is chicken. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That'd be pretty intense. I would love that. I actually, that would change my whole shit around. <laughs> You're on, you're on board for that one. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, you got one more for me. I got one more for you. Let's take a look at. So Nate, um, to start off, what's your opinion on, uh, the New York Mets? (laughs) Uh, very little. Yeah. You're more of a Boston guy, right? Yeah. You know what? I think that I would. Red Sox. I'd probably literally crumple under my own weight if I ever tried to pick up a, a baseball. Uh, let's just say that I was uh, uh, I was an indoor kid, you know? I, I'm not doing an anime podcast for no reason, buddy. Just say the Giants so we can move on. Yeah, the Giants. Okay, let's, let's go ahead and watch this commercial for the New York Mets. <laughs> All right. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, huh. Oh, what? shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. This is a huge left turn, people. (laughs) Oh, shit. So, so this is not not a commercial for the New York Mets. This is a commercial for the Mets brand of soft drink in Japan. What? I've been had? Uh, And and so we have uh, fallen into a classic food war competition (laughs) which is better frieza or goku orange uh, soda or grape soda obviously orange (laughs) soda is better than grape there's no hands down about that you think so that's where you're landing on this that's that's 100 my opinion basically we have an epic dance battle between the forces of orange the z fighters yes very biasly represented by the z fighters i have to add uh compared to the the evil forces of frieza uh, representing uh, grape. Yes. For obvious reasons. Uh, Frieza and the Ginyu Force. Yes. Now, the position of this commercial, uh, just based on that, is that orange is good and grape is bad. And I have to disagree. This is where I come down. Yeah, by tying it to Frieza, they're really putting some moral implications on it. You're right. That's what I'm saying. They're putting their thumb on the scale here. But Hey, uh, if you like orange soda, then that means you're cool and you can do kung fu and shoot lasers. And if you and like grape win. soda... Uh, then <laughs> You're you like to genocide people. You you got your ass kicked by the orange soda guys a bunch of times. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that brings me to my opinion <laughs> after watching this ad uh, is that they're both bad. People, they are both bad. Orange soda and grape soda are both bad. They suck. That's And also this weird TikTok dance they're doing is baffling, inexplicable. What is yeah. happening here? I have to imagine it, it. It's taking some inspiration. It is. It. I mean, it has to be. It is over animated. Um, it's, it's not like, even really animated in the Akira Toriyama style. Like no, barely an approximation not. of it. I can't believe this wasn't a commercial for the New York Mets. <laughs> you thought. You thought this was a commercial <laughs> for the baseball team. I was really hoping. Yeah. Okay. So in your mind, before you watch this commercial. How did you think that Dragon Ball Z was going to advertise American baseball to presumably a Japanese audience? Uh, I think 
Goku hitting a home run out of the Mets stadium would be an instant classic. Everybody would love it. That would be on T-shirts right now. Uh, it would be big streetwear. Uh, unfortunately, it was just a shitty flavors of a bad soft drink. What? Uh, very disappointed. I, mean, I don't know. I don't know if it's bad. Uh, it may be good. Uh, most of their sodas are better than than what we have over here. Just saying. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, it, and if we're, as long as we're on the topic of grape soda, all I'm saying is that nowhere else have I seen the option of a green grape soda, uh, which is uh, very good. I, I I enjoyed that shit. You appreciate that? Yeah. Uh, even even weirder and even cooler. Green grape ice cream all over the place, dude, and it was good. Green grape ice cream. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, I was into that shit. I liked it. Okay. 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 Well, here, let me give you one bonus one because this is this is only 15 seconds long. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, just to wrap it up there. This is an advertisement for Pepsi. Uh, you know, since we're on fast drink kick, might as well wrap it up with a fast drink, right? Uh-huh. Now, obviously, uh, Pepsi is a joke. It's uh, literally <laughs> a product that exists only to be a punchline. We all know this. Uh, even if you hate soda, we know that Coke is the superior product. It's almost embarrassing that Pepsi continues onward. Uh, they're clearly desperate. I mean, I think Coke sucks too. <laughs> yeah, but it is superior. You know it's superior in your heart. That's why you buy Cokes when you go to mixed drinks. Uh-huh. Don't lie. A- ain't nobody ordering a rum and Pepsi. That's all I'm saying. Ain't, ain't nobody ordering rum and Pepsi. Obviously, the Pepsi company has become so desperate that they have turned to sexy anime girls in a last-ditch bid to get people to drink their disgusting slop. Um, Let's take a look at their sales campaign. Okay, here we go. So uh, their strategy (laughs) is a sexy (laughs) Pepsi-themed idol. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's talk about a couple points here. Actually, hold on. Can I I just get my thoughts out first? Because this was very quick. And I just want to say, from a pure marketing advertising perspective uh yeah. i love this this was you love it abs- uh, yes this is absolute pure advertising uh in its most raw form because you know what we have a a sexy anime girl dressed like pepsi uh <laughs> she comes up through the stage uh, to a crowd a stadium of adoring yeah. cheering fans and she does not sing she does not dance she opens a Pepsi, takes a drink, and people lose their shit. End of ad. Well, hold on. Hold on. You step back. You're pretty much correct. But uh, our sexy Pepsi girl rises up from the stage in a classic uh, diva move. She, and here's where you missed a, a, a crucial step, Nate. You're going to want to uh, maybe go back and freeze frame this. She unholsters her Pepsi from the Pepsi sheath. She keeps at her side that is hanging off her waist. Of course. She pops that bad boy open, takes a sip, then turns to the massive crowd and says, drink Pepsi, you slobbering morons. <laughs> now, I've never had Pepsi Nex, N-E-X, um, which sounds incredibly nefarious without the T. Yeah, it sounds like Nex, like, like N-E-C-K. Yeah. Or like Nox. It's, it's something bad. Yeah, I know uh, instinctually... Capital N, capital E, capital X. That's bad news. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds danger warnings to me. Yes, that is huge red flags. Now, uh, on top of that, it is also a diet soda. 
Well, you lost me. Uh, I will never drink a Diet Coke or a Diet Pepsi. This is the single most serious take in my entire life. I will kill myself before I drink a Diet Pepsi. Now, I will say... I will commit ritual suicide. I just want to say that that my fat ass would absolutely love a tactical uh, soda holster for my thigh. Yes. Now, on the other hand, a soda holster sounds like the coolest shit ever invented. That is dope <laughs> as fuck. Uh, and I would wear it to the airport, and I would use it. <laughs> and yes, I would not take it off going through security. I would yell about the Constitution if they tried to take my Pepsi holster away. <laughs> I'm a sovereign Pepsi citizen. You can't do this to me. <laughs> That's part wow. of the first Pepsi amendment. I think this is a good one to end on because it really does just absolutely wrap up the sheer banality of anime in a perfect way. It's mm-hmm. just a mascot character. She just wears, she's just a sexy anime girl who wears the colors of the product she's a sponsor for or is, is sponsor for her. Mm hmm. She doesn't do anything interesting or specific to her to give her, like, a character moment. Mm -hmm. She just says, drink Pepsi, and the people go wild. Well, it reminds me— Is that not the perfect anime ad? It is. It is. And I think think it's perfect because it reminds me so much of, like, mid-century commercials where it's just, like— Kermit the Frog comes out and says, hey, kids, uh, smoke Winston's. <laughs> yeah, boy. Yeah, yeah. That's my shit. <laughs> and the kids go wild. Well, it's a little on the nose, but I will point out, like, this is Anna de Armas in Blade Runner 2049. Say that when I can download my own giant hologram Pepsi idol <laughs> uh, that'll, that'll follow, talk to me in my apartment as I drink Pepsi. We are only a few years away, dog. Just wait. Wait it out, and uh, you will definitely have your holographic Pepsi girl. I promise you. Man, I cannot fucking wait. Oh, that is the that is the dream of anime, isn't it? Yep. Isn't it, Nate? That's it. Yeah. And isn't it? That's that bright star we're all reaching towards. Once you've spiraled enough, the death spiral opens up, and like an oasis, you see your holographic anime girl at the bottom. <laughs> now, the the deep Lovecraftian truth is there is actually no bottom. And in the sexy anime girl is just a beckoning siren to accompany you to your ultimate doom and madness. Uh, true, like some kind of space ghost luring people into a black hole. <laughs> some kind of space ghost, if you will. That's what I said. <laughs> okay. All right. I my my tiny brain has been ravaged by marketing. Um, I don't have much of a defense against it anymore because of my staunch belief mm-hmm, in never mm-hmm. watching advertising uh to the point where i will like turn shit off if it tries to play me ads oh so, yeah uh, i i get un- irrationally angry uh, when do. stuff gets past my ad filter exactly exactly so i i am feeling mentally drained i've taken a lot of psychic damage from these videos i think we need to wrap it up well then let me say this uh beautiful and handsome listeners go out consume buy uh indulge in us uh go to go to the tiktok go to the youtube subscribe comment do the stuff like uh ring the bells i guess god i wish i wish i had a product i could pitch to you right now (laughs) Bye. bye
amazing. He punches guys so hard their guts explode out of their backs. Fuck, that's so cool, dude.